Tetra was the first site that we introduced the infinite adjust system on the front end. With previous sites, we had what we call a hopscotch or plug and play type of scope housing, where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now, when you sight in your 20 yard mark, you can really fine tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel. Getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger uh, scope ring which helps with peep alignment as well as a built-in scope level which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame bracket with, with three different mounting locations as well as a dovetail or tournament edition uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is away from your bow and the Tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes. You get an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarter, as well as a new four pin multiple pin head. All the heads are interchangeable. All the Tetras are compatible with any of our accessories. For more information, you can visit our website at www.hhasports.com. Hello, we're at the BATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens still has our momentum management compressible blade technology so the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed uh, in flight it's one inch by inch and a quarter another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like so swap the tip out get you 125 grains instead of 100 which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click, and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. We would like to just take a second to help you make the final decision on your new Kydex holster. We the People offers all American-made holsters designed for everyday carry. Whether it's inside the waistband or outside, these holsters are made with quality and don't break your bank like other high-end holster companies. And plus, they offer free shipping on all orders in the USA. So go have a look, and while you're at it, check out what else they have to offer. Merch link in bio.
All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Bucks of America podcast, Cooking Edition. I have East Coast Trev on the podcast. I'm, I'm glad you tuned in again from Wednesday's episode. And we're going to be talking about a special recipe. I have no idea what it is. So I'm looking forward to picking his brain about it. He's got a recipe already pulled up. So I'm going to turn the mic over to, to Trev here. Try bass in it, right? So you can use any type of like a, like a meteor fish like a thick, meatier, flakier fish. You can use anything, right? So um, it's pretty easy. So if you guys haven't already, uh, if you've done any poaching of fish, uh, so you just take the filet and you would take it and put it in boiling water and you would cook it until it floats. When it floats, then it's done, right? So you take it out and then you're going to take that meat. You're going to put it in a big bowl. You're going to mix it in Mm -hmm. with uh, two raw eggs, um, half of a large uh, green pepper, uh, one uh, onion, a half of an onion. Um, you're going to use a cup of unseasoned okay. breadcrumbs, uh, some garlic. Uh, I normally use about two cloves of garlic. Uh, a, sometimes some people use fresh basil. I'm not really that big into basil, so I don't use that. Um, you use salt, pepper, just a flavor. I use a Dijon mustard, about two, two to three tablespoons of that stuff. Uh, and two tablespoons of Worcestershire sauce, and then one table Old Bay seasoning. Mm-hmm. I take and I mix it all up like tuna fish. Just mix it all up in that consistency. And um, then all I do is I make, uh, I don't make cakes out of them. I actually make like bite size um, balls. Um, and I take and I deep fry those. So you take them and you just deep fry them. And then I use them as an appetizer. A lot of times, actually, when I go to the Midwest, I bring uh, fresh fish cakes yeah. and everybody loves them. That's one of my favorites. People die for them. I mean, they just take the little tiny fish cake ball, pop it in your mouth and you know, you can eat it with tartar sauce, whatever. And if there's ever any Ooh, leftovers, yum. one of the key things that I do is I just take them and I put them on a, on a hamburger bun and I just mm-hmm. eat them for, for breakfast, honestly. Um, yeah, it's, it's just one of my favorites because it's an, <laughs> it's an easy thing to, to use the fish for. Um, a lot of times, like if I have a meal of of some type mm-hmm. of fish the night before and there's leftovers, I'll take it and I'll turn it into a fish cake and then we just use it for appetizers. Okay. Um, it's it's by far. I mean, everybody loves nice. crab cakes that that eats wild game. So it's like, why not use some of the fish that you actually catch? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just got to be a little bit bold, bolder eater. So you can do it with crappie. You guys for your Midwest guys, crappie, um, perch, um. I mean, a lot of okay. those fish that are big meteor fishes, that's what you would use. Um, that's a ton of them, man. That's that's honestly one of my favorite things to do is is make uh, fish crab cakes. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, uh, a couple of my friends, actually, uh, they had done it in the past um, and just kind of they were telling me about it and I started doing it. Then I started altering it on my own and then I just. It's just an easy, simple way because constantly when I'm going That's awesome. to the Midwest, so a lot of you guys don't get fresh seafood. With so I bring out fresh seafood all the time with me when I go. So it's just an easy thing for me to pack. So what I do is I pre-make it. I take it. I put it in a Ziploc bag. I freeze it, put it in the cooler. I drive out there. Then I can make it up inside of a pan and then kind of use it there. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So striped bass is like my forte of fish. 
Um, that's a fish that I fish for every single day religiously on the charter boat. So um, it's just that's pretty cool. Yeah, because we we have plenty. At least the nice thing is it's a, it's a, just a flaky white fish. Now, so why did you choose that particular fish? Because I mean, you fish the ocean, so you have the your cream of the crop of everything you want to put together. That's why we there's a million and one ways okay. to cook it, and it's it's just one of my favorite. I mean, you could take it, you can beer batter it, you can take it and cook it. We do um, you know tin foil boats with you know. Um, with lemon season, lemon zest, you know, all of your fresh, you know, uh, seasonings that you want to use and cook it that way. You can do a million and one things with striped bass, but just something a little bit different for a lot of the people that aren't into just straight fish. It's an easy way to introduce people into that. So it's kind of just, it's just an easy mild thing because like a lot of people don't, you know, like fresh tuna. Um, actually, you know, if you don't mind, I would love to share a second recipe if you wouldn't mind. So, it's um and you know you were talking about the cream of the crop of um go for it go for it man i i i'm excited now of fish right because it's you know why would i pick striped bass because you guys have them in different areas and stuff why not use um a better fish well one of my favorite fish to fish for is actually shark i'm a huge shark fisherman i love thresher sharks and mako sharks so the next recipe that i choose is one of my favorites that I just did in deer camp. I just want to pull it up real quick. So I have it um, in front of me because I don't know it off the top of my head, of course, as I should, but I don't um, right here. So what it is, is it's grilled uh, shark steaks. And all you do is you take and put these ingredients in a bowl. So you're going to use one cup of orange juice, half cup of soy sauce, uh, one third cup of ketchup, a quarter uh, cup, of course, um, chopped up parsley or cilantro. I personally use cilantro. Then uh, two tablespoons of lemon juice, two cloves of garlic minced, uh, one teaspoon freshly ground pepper, quarter teaspoon of kosher salt, a quarter teaspoon of red flake, uh, red pepper flakes. And then you use six medium sharks um, steaks. So what I did was I take and you marinate it for probably uh, an hour or two in a plastic bag. You take that marinade and you just you put it in there. And then what I did was um, in camp this year, I put it on a blackstone um, and I just so you just you just grill it on either side on the blackstone. Um, I've done it actually Ooh. on um, I use a pink Himal Himalayan salt block. Mm -hmm. I don't know if mm -hmm. you guys have ever cooked with one of those on a grill or anything. I. I've never cooked with one, but mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been I've been digging into doing um, yep. smoked uh, cedar pipes yeah. with uh, someone with the, like I most recent one I had smoked was uh, was pike. That was fun. A lot of bones. So I, I didn't cut I didn't cut them the way I should I should have. I'm gonna come back to that real quick because I'll give you I'll, after I finish this I'll I'll give you a couple of tips on here about cooking pike and pickerel. I've learned about okay. them. Um, I mean I'm a fat kid, bro. So I. <laughs> I, I understand how this all works. So so what I do with the shark is after it's marinated, um, you can cook it on the grill. You just get good burn marks, mm -hmm. you know, grill marks inside either side. Cook yeah. it all the way through. Probably one of the best fish that there is for you guys that like swordfish or, or anything that's steak yeah. fish. Um, shark is phenomenal. One of my favorite fish to eat is thresher shark. And I love to shave it. I love swordfish. Swordfish doesn't love me. Oh, you see, I, was, I, 
I love swordfish, man, but it's like swordfish does not quite agree with me sometimes. No, really? That's yeah. too bad because it's such a better. Uh, what did, is 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 there a, so is there is it um, is there a different oil that that is produced with a shark between a, a swordfish or is there something like because I love okay. Uh, well, there's really not really much oil that comes out of it. Um, actually, I think I think that uh, I guess I'm relating uh, it to the consistency. Okay. So it's like a fish, but it's like eating flaming young yes. yes steak. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the consistency yeah. of it, the steak side of it. Um, it doesn't even really taste like fish. It's a weird thing and a weird concept. A lot of people don't get to understand is is that. Um, but shark is one of my favorites. So that's a cool little recipe. Um, probably. Uh, I probably those are my top two favorite ways to eat fish honestly yeah, I'm, I'm, that's one of my one of my bucket list of fish is to, is to catch a shark and eat it because i want to catch something that i want to catch a shark that is that's it's legal that i can eat because it's like I, I it's like i've always respected the the predator but it's like i just want to eat it because it's because i only live once amazing want to eat it you only can eat so many different sharks so that's a problem because they actually urinate through their skin and through their meat so that's why yeah, so you can actually only eat thresher sharks. Uh, black tip is a really good one. Mako sharks is another good one. Um, they do eat scalloped. Uh, hammerheads is another one. Um, but some of the other ones, they actually that's they urinate through their skin. Wow, I did not um, know so that. So they actually, when you kill them, they smell like ammonia. It's actually kind of gross. Uh, so that makes sense. Um, only some of them are edible, not all of them. Oh wow. Yeah, they say great whites amazing, <laughs> but I don't know. We can't kill great whites here. So no, no, we can't. Kind of a tough thing. No. So I want to circle back to your yeah, pickerel and pike thing real next. quick. Pickerel and pike, uh, one way that I found out is pickling them. Pickling them. They use a, a strong vinegar, mm-hmm. um, like a cider vinegar, or there's a, a pickling vinegar, actually. Um, and that there, that vinegar actually breaks down the mm-hmm. bones. And it takes, it takes them right out. So I had pickled pickerel the other day. Uh, we eat it on crackers, actually. Mm-hmm. So when we go ice fishing, and obviously, you know, the fish tastes a little bit better in the colder yes, water, do. right? I mean, largemouth is the most tastiest mm-hmm. thing in cold mm-hmm. water than anything else, right? In the summer, it tastes like mud. But so anyway, so we pickled pickerel. It is out of this world. <laughs> it is amazing. I actually, I learned it from a Polish family of That's mine, you, friend yeah, of mine. A lot of being in Nile, there's a lot of Polish families here, and there's mm-hmm. pickling is a big yeah. thing. Like there was, there was a, there was an old Huge. uh. uh a uh, Polish guy that did get, didn't give me a recipe, but he wa- I've always wanted to learn. He's no longer with us anymore, but he has a recipe for pickling bullheads. It actually turns out turns to be edible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pickling um, those two, f- two fishes is not uncommon here. Like we have fish camp and we do it twice a year. We do it in, in Okaboji in the spring and in the fall. And it's like usually five days of guys in their 50s getting away from the wife, 50s to 80s, getting away from their wives, and then it's just, it's just a stack mm-hmm. party. It's just an absolute blast. The shit talking, the mud of That's food crazy. we eat is just amazing. And uh, you, you have to earn your way into it, so you have to be able to show somebody that's part of the club that could be that you, you could demonstrate you could flay fish. And like There was one night I flayed 90 fish, just like just flaying them all up. And it's like, well, you, my dad pretty much gave me a thing because like, these guys have been doing this trip for 20 years. And it's always an average of 8 to 15, anywhere between 8 to 17 guys consistently that show up between either the spring or the fall. And it's like, that's one of the, like, whenever we catch pike, there's only one guy of the group that he makes so many pickles them for the next event. So if we catch them in the, in the fall or the spring, those for, then they go for the fall. And likewise, yep. for the, I actually have some um, buffalo. 
upstairs in my fridge right now that I haven't even opened yet. And it's like, that's a, that's a delicious fish. It's like, it's a big, ugly looking like it's like, it's part of the carp yeah, family, but it's delicious. You yeah. eat it. You, you pickle it. It's absolutely delicious. Really? That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with carp too. Like here, like in uh, the Midwest carp is like, well, carp is kind of looked down upon, but you go into the European countries where a lot of the settlers of the, the Germanic settlers here, all around through here, man, well, they they pickle carp all the time, and it's like if you pickle it just right, it tastes like um, pork. Know all about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, felt fish. Yeah, that really. Femelta fish is or filta fish, the Jewish community. Yeah, that's what it is. It's carp, mm-hmm. and they they actually eat it. Really? Like here, that so like you guys in the Midwest, we, wow, we you want, guys we, do we, a lot of boat fishing for them and uh-huh. stuff. They're actually protected here. We can only there's like a creel limit on them and okay. everything. Yeah, because the European descent, the Europeans that come over here, they do a lot of European carp fishermen up here in New England, and they've actually started to protect them here in Connecticut. They're actually a trophy fish here. No kidding. Here they're just a, they're just a garbage fish. That we we people. Well, they're a garbage fish here too, but people just think that they're trophy fish, which I disagree with. But uh, to each their own, right? But at least they're outdoors. And uh, yeah, right, exactly. That's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother podcast. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? But yeah, it's like they're, uh, they're something that That's we awesome hear to too. And it's like, it's just weird and how people do it. But here we, 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 we catch them. We throw them in our gardens because they're, they, they produce a lot of nitrogen and they do a great job with the, If you want to have some really big pumpkins, you throw some of those in there and really add spice up the, 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 the soil. Man, this was this was a we learned something new about each other. We taught something new about when it comes down to our our fish. But I I think I might I want to I might take that effort that uh, your recipe there and do uh, largemouth bass balls with them. Yeah, I, I mean people don't like people look at me weird. Like when I eat I eat bass, I love eating largemouth bass, and like it's weird. Largemouth bass is great. It's so weird because it's like I've caught bass up here and I caught bass down in Florida, and it's like Florida fish are so much cleaner. And then I and then I caught um, fish up here. There's muddy, but uh, then I've caught largemouth bass out of ponds no mud it, it, it's I, you gotta it's weird you gotta eat them you gotta kill them cold water they taste even better they're like sweeter that's what i actually i went fishing on sat on saturday afternoon and but this this, this just everything was shut down when nothing was hitting we were mm-hmm. we, i tried we i tried to loan like five or six different lures we couldn't get anything spinners um we tried but everything was going so slow so it's like i'll switch to a jig yep. and it was clear water it was bright outside so i switched to dark colors and we just could not get anything to say hi to us so it's like well eh, at least we tried that's right you gotta get out there and try yeah so Thank you again for coming on this episode. I really appreciate it. Uh, this will be out this week on Friday, so people are going to look forward to this. And it's like, please uh, like message me those recipes, so I'll, I'll include those in the body of the podcast, so this way people can make them, because sure. they're not complex. So that's the best part about no. it. And they're, you, any whitefish, so that is the good, the main point about it. So uh, I don't know how people would feel about walleye, but it's like I could see people doing that with walleye as well. Absolutely. Uh, I think somebody might, somebody might shoot me if I did that, because everybody loves their walleye here in Filets. Yeah, you got to know there's proper ways of making walleye and uh, <laughs> and a fish cake is not one of them. I promise you that. Yeah. Oh, I agree, too. But it's like I eat. I like eating. I like we, we, there's there's you, you, there's a, there's enough of a, a population up here. It's like you're setting one walleye aside for this particular recipe just to try it out. I, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll, I'll take I'll take the heat for it. And if they don't eat it. Well, guess what? I mean it. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Truth to that. Yes. Well, thank you, Trevor, for coming on, man. And guys, go out and listen to his podcast. You can find him on YouTube and Instagram and all the major places.